everyone. Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast, is Francesca, owner and creator of Art by Becoming. Francesca falls under the maker category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. We chat about what Art by Becoming means to her, the importance of shopping small, and her other work in coding and computer science. Enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Could you please introduce yourself? I'm Francesca. I am the owner of Art by Becoming. I am an artist and a tech enthusiast. Um, I'm into all things art. Oh, a tech enthusiast. I didn't, yes. I didn't expect <laughs> you to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, I guess I'll start by saying that I know you slash met you because I was looking for folks to vend at um, a recent Smart Glamour event. Um, and I can't remember because I, I looked for people so many different ways. Did I find you on Instagram or did I find you in a group? I think Instagram. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So on Instagram, I was like searching for folks who are using um, hashtags like handmade or handmade in New York City or something like that. So um i'm assuming that's probably how i found your your account yeah um so could you explain a little bit about what kind of art and objects you share on that account yes so art by becoming is about the artwork um and products that come out of me just living i guess <laughs> like me evolving <laughs> as a person and becoming um the woman that I inspired to be so everything on that page is just jewelry art writing that are parts of my journey um and so it started off with me just really posting random portraits of friends random paintings that I've done using watercolor and then I picked up the hobby of making jewelry and then I started posting that there. And from there, I expanded to my Etsy shop and just grew the brand overall. But right now, I'm working with resin and um, dried flowers. Uh, I started using polymer clay, some brass mm. pieces. Um, but yeah, uh, the mediums I use for painting right now are gouache, sometimes watercolor, but for now, mostly gouache. I've moved on <laughs> from watercolor. Um, and how long have you considered yourself an artist or have been painting or, and jewelry making? How long is, have you been doing all of it? Um, I think I've been an artist my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I would say that just because uh, when I was younger, like in elementary school, middle school, high school, I was a musician. Um, but in high schools, that's when I also picked up drawing and poetry. And then my senior year in college, I kind of just had like this moment of just saying, this is really just what I want to do. Like, uh, I want to develop my skills in painting. So that was 2018. That's when mm -hmm. I started to really um, focus on developing my skills when it comes to painting. And then 2019, I picked up jewelry making as a hobby and I just been working on that, trying to get better, um, expand and use different mediums as I go along. Wow. So that was 
fairly recently then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and did you just, you just like taught yourself, you know, watch YouTube videos, etc. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> I, I uh, came across a Instagram video. Um, it was like this Japanese page of uh-huh. resin jewelry. And I thought it was really cool. So I just bought a few supplies just to like play around with, have fun with. And then as I just kept on making pieces, I got really good feedback from people. Um, so I just continued just making them for fun. And then it just kind of evolved into, because I, I think I just kind of like um, organization. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, like, I just wanted to make things more like stable. So then that's why I ended up creating a shop and getting things like put together, like in the way that they are now. Mm, okay. And have you, I've to, I just interviewed who shot, who um, runs another, runs an Etsy store as well. Totally different kind of thing, um, products. But have you enjoyed selling through Etsy? Does it, do you think it's um, a good place for artists to sell things? Is there anything frustrating about it? Yeah, for the most part, I would say Etsy is really easy to use. Um, there's no like um, monthly fees or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I liked, I liked, uh, Etsy as a platform just because I didn't have to go and create my own website or not even that, but I think, um, as a smaller brand, I wanted mm-hmm. my stuff on Etsy just in case other people were just scrolling around searching like handmade earrings, if mm. they would like possibly come across my stuff. Um, but I think I would consider moving from that platform soon. Or mm. like in the near future, just uh, because I think you rely on the platform and their policies and their just the way they do their just run their site. So I right. think I'd want to make sure the power's in my hands when it comes to, mm. uh, I guess, the the formalities of a website. But definitely, yeah. uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you keep going. <laughs> yeah, definitely as like a new shop owner it was definitely a good idea or easy to use in my experience yeah it makes a lot of sense you know um building a website is a lot like whether you're doing it you know via one of the platforms where you know it's a little like if you just pick the blocks and put them where you want them to be or if you're like doing it more from scratch or you're hiring someone do it it's definitely like a an involved process specifically if you're gonna sell things there's so many yeah. things to think about i know with my i mean my website's a little bit more complicated but honestly if you if you were ever going to sell your earrings and you wanted to offer ways for folks to pick you know any kind of customizations to them i don't know if you would do that but if the second you get into that websites get a lot a lot more complicated yeah definitely um with it's definitely I, I think it's it was a good choice to to start on on a platform like Etsy. And honestly, there's a lot of sellers that I shop with on Etsy who also have their own websites too. So it might even make make sense to like build a website and then keep them both and see yeah. what's working, you know? Yeah. That mm-hmm. might be a good idea too. <laughs> <laughs> um so when you do well actually before I ask that question, I'm gonna I'm gonna go backwards a little bit. So the so the name of the the brand in your store is Art by Becoming, yes. um, which I think is such an interesting name, um, and I think it could be like taken so many ways. Like, yeah. what, what was your thought process when when coming up with that with that name? I remember 
just wanting to make a page just for me to just post stuff. <laughs> and I, I, I just was, I was just thinking so much. I'm like, I just need one word and I'll just build, but just build off of that. And it was just so frustrating. <laughs> I remember just asking my friends, like, I need just one word. And no one was really, um, no one was really giving me what I was looking for. Cause I think what I wanted was so specific. Only I knew what I was talking about. Um, and then I just thought about how I don't even really know where this page is going to go. I didn't have like a concrete idea of what I want to do with the page. So then I thought about how it's going to become something that I just don't know about yet. And then mm. I, I got stuck on the word become. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this. I'm just going to call it art by becoming. And I knew it would be like different because people would, would probably think like, is your name becoming or like, uh. or it, what like, there's a lot of ways to interpret it. And I kind of, I was okay with that. Um, mm -hmm. And then that's why eventually I came up with the idea, because since, since my earrings are named after my friends, I thought of the idea to have each friend or a few of them, like, get a post on my page where they explain what art by becoming means to them. And then I mm -hmm. started off with myself, where and that's where I really explained and kind of went to detail about um, the whole idea of art by becoming which is just the art that's made by becoming different versions of yourself. Because I think mm -hmm. as humans, we evolve and transform. And the people that we are, you know, in one time, like, or uh, one space in your life is just completely different from another time. And it's just interesting to have kind of a documentation or um, an archive of that to me. Mm -hmm. So I, mm -hmm. that's what uh, I wanted this place or this space to be yeah that makes so much sense to me um you know I've been making art my whole life as well and I went to college first for fashion design but then um after I got my associates in it I transferred to Pratt and I went there for three years for an art and design education degree and since Pratt is a like you know capital A capital S art school you <laughs> have to a foundation year where you regardless of what your major is you just like have to make fine art for a mm -hmm. year before you go into your other stuff so pre-starting any of my education classes I took a year of fine art which was I mean honestly coming from FIT where I felt my creativity was pretty stifled it was very um welcomed mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um but it's interesting as someone who had just spent two years thinking about art in a very like product sense mm -hmm. to then go and have a full year of just like taking different classes and learning different processes yeah um and I did end up with a lot of very varied artworks from that year and and when I think back to like the stuff I made in high school versus what I made at FIT versus what I made at Pratt versus you know things that I make now or you know ever, ever since then it definitely is, does show, you know, like steps yeah. in your life, what was important to you at that time and what you were feeling or thinking. So I think that's it's such a beautiful um, name that succinctly describes that process. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree. I think 
when I look back at what I was interested in or just what was just keeping my attention, like in high school it was spoken word poetry, you know? Mm-hmm. And then again, when I was in college, it was just painting. And I, I could, I could not have predicted that I was going to end up making jewelry. So I wanted it to just be that flexible also, you know, I didn't want to be just known for one thing, even though mm-hmm. for right now I am, but I wanted that ability to transform and evolve. Right. You like, you didn't, you didn't put any limits yeah. on yourself or on, on what, um, the company or the account or the brand, whatever you want to call it, um, be, which I think is really smart. <laughs> yeah. I, aside from like the beautiful artistic point of view, it's also <laughs> just <very> smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the really lovely things that I love to see when I follow you on the internet is how often you share other people's work, um, even when it seems to possibly be quote unquote in competition with your own. Yeah. Um, could you talk a little bit about why you decided to do that and, and what that means to you? I think most of the people that I share are just people that I've worked with or people that I've spoken to or just friends, honestly. And okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the thing about being an artist or a creator in general is that you have to understand that most people will be creating the same thing, but you're in completely different lanes just because of who you are. So mm-hmm. I'll share people or friends making jewelry like similar to mine with no problem because I know we're not the same people. So if someone from my audience sees something that they like over there and they purchase an item from a friend or from a person in my network, that's not uh, that's not doing anything to me, you know, like that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that they wouldn't buy my products or they don't um, care about my products, you know, like in my head or in my world, there's room for like everyone. And I think mm-hmm. I like, I share things that I like to see. I share things that I like. And I feel like my audience would agree, would like the things that I'm sharing. So I share it because I want them to, you know, I want them to to get the support. I want them to become fans of other people because mm-hmm. there's room for everyone yeah i i absolutely agree um you know i think so often when we're studying because i teach fashion business and i feel like so often i read these you know fashion business textbooks and you're talking about branding and marketing competition and i mean obviously yes other people who are doing similar but different things to you i guess technically are quote unquote your competition but yeah technically <laughs> technically but i i often just really struggle to see it that way like um you know i had i was putting together a business plan for smart glamour to try to get some funding and one of the pages that you're supposed to put in your pitch deck is a competition page where you basically just say like <laughs> here's all these people who do similar things and here's why i'm better than them um <laughs> and like why like why you should give me money you know what i mean um yeah. and when i was trying to even think about who to list i was just like i just i don't see anybody that's doing something that's similar to me that i've that it it truly feels like a competition like it doesn't yeah. feel like that to me it feels like somebody who shops 
I mean, I know this for a fact. People that shop at like Eloquy also shop with me and like they're going to get something from them that maybe they can't get from me and vice versa. Like there should be more options for people to have accessible items, not less. Yeah, I definitely agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So speaking back to the fact that I most likely found you through some kind of uh, handmade in New York City or handmade jewelry or, or fair trade or ethical um, one of those hashtags that I definitely was searching all over the place um, how, like what are your thoughts on the importance of or if you have any thoughts on the importance of um, you know shopping small shopping hand, handmade shopping things that are ethically produced any, any of those topics um, I think I always try to stress that um, in my life even before um, being someone who was selling products, I think mm-hmm. it's important to keep money circulating in communities that you participate in. So, mm. you know, I think it's important for people to give me money and back into the communities that they participate in, that they live in, that they go to, you know, instead of giving, especially when it comes to like, fashion products you know like you can Mm. get why give your money to a big corporation or like amazon when you there's probably someone that you know or you don't need to go that far at least in new york to go find um a local seller you know Mm -hmm. um and especially with the internet it's very easy to find um (laughs) handmade goods or just products that are from smaller businesses and we're it's we're real people you know like your money is going to like a family to a person not just a corporation um but yeah i think i think it's important for people to spend their money uh in communities that they are involved in yes absolutely i agree um have you thought about maybe sharing any um like process videos of how you make your items definitely i've been trying to make more videos like that on tiktok i've been using tiktok for that mm-hmm. yeah I, I i sometimes post in my story um so you mentioned at the beginning that i didn't expect you to say that you're a technology enthusiast so what do you mean by that um so i actually went to school and studied computer science and political science and oh. yeah, <laughs> I, it's funny when I begin explaining like my life and my background, it just goes all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, um, I studied computer science in college and I ended up working as a data engineer the last two years. And mm. right now I'm working as a tech instructor. So I'm, I'm teaching um, youth how to code in different programming languages and just helping them get excited about tech and see that industry as an actual um, career path for them. Uh, Cause most of the kids that I'm working with are um, like minority students. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in tech when it comes to diversity, whether it's women or black people or just people of color in general. So I'm working to diversify the field a little bit. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Um, how, what is like? How does the program work where you teach? Is it um, like somebody some kind of program where kids get it for free, or is it through a school, or how does it how does it run? Um, yeah. So right now it's like a not for profit um organization, and 
the students can just sign up for it. It's kind of like an after school situation where, mm. um, yeah, it's you can sign up and it's free. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it's remote now, obviously, because of COVID. But <laughs> right, right, right. Were you doing it in person before? Uh, no, I actually you- just started like last month. Oh, wow. Yeah, and are, are you enjoying um, teaching? Uh, yeah, definitely. I found that when I was working like as a data engineer before, it was just kind of, I just kind of, I was tired of just working in corporate America and just all the formalities and just, I'm just a really creative person and I, I just care about, you know, doing meaningful work. Not that that work was, I guess, less meaningful, but I think in my life with my morals and what I stand for, this job aligns more with um, what I want to do with my time. <laughs> Absolutely. And for people that don't know a lot about coding, me included, how does creativity and coding like meet one another? Um, I think there's a really, they overlap a lot because of how you can literally create anything you think of if you if you have the tools or if you know um how to use the tools that you're given you know and I think Mm -hmm. that just applies with any medium you know once you learn the medium well enough you can create things that are beyond your imagination and I think that's what I've been trying to emphasize to these kids you know I've been trying to explain to them like all the all of these apps that we use are, are just written by the code, like mm-hmm. by what we're teaching you, which is insane. Um, and it's just kind of fun knowing that you can write a few lines of code and you can just kind of like create like a dinosaur game, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. And it's really I I think it helps with problem solving and making you have an attitude of not giving up because you run into mm. a lot of problems. Um. But yeah, it's a really Absolutely. cool industry. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly that problem solving is a skill that really needs to be um, emphasized Definitely. and like held to a higher, I don't even know the word, need. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. You know, I just feel, um, I mean, well, it's probably it's probably a very biased statement because I am probably like more of an extreme problem solver, meaning that like I really can't leave things be until they're yeah. fixed <laughs> yeah no that's a great attitude to have with coding <laughs> um but i think that the world is a little bit more not in general but like when things are hard or complicated or something happens that you weren't ready for like you know the ability to pivot and keep going and try another plan like yeah is honestly so important and especially if somebody's gonna to tie it back to our previous conversation, especially if somebody's going to start like selling things or start a business or a brand because things are not going to go the way you think they're going to go. <laughs> yeah, it's important to be adaptable. <laughs> so you already spoke a little bit about how coding and the tech industry has a long way to go as far as inclusivity and diversity. Um, so I'm assuming that's probably what you'd like to see change um, in that industry. Um, yeah. If there's anything else you'd like to see change in that industry, feel free to answer that. But otherwise, are there any things that you'd like to see change in um, the art world, in the jewelry space, in the small business space, and any of the the spaces that you feel you're a part of? Yeah, I think just 
and overall besides inclusivity and diversity i think mm-hmm. but beyond that i think it has to be real inclusivity you know not just hiring the people and just having them take up the space you know like actually including them and and making the space feel comfortable for these people and actually mm-hmm. catering to them instead of just having them be involved you know um but mm-hmm. beyond that i think just all industries in general should be creating or doing things with mindful intent you know i think when it comes to small businesses um we should all just be mindful of what we're doing and what we're creating and what we're using um whether whether it comes to like the materials we're using or our packaging or the people we're um associating with our brands you know just always mm-hmm. being mindful cuz i mm-hmm. think sometimes we get ahead of ourselves when it comes to like goals and stuff and you just kind of want to just create or just want to do instead of really sitting down and thinking about like is this a good idea is this a good choice um mm. yeah I, I hope I'm like <laughs> explaining it properly um but yeah I think yeah no 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 I think that's a great point I mean um you could probably go into that a little further. So like when you meet, when you say, you know, I think sometimes people get a little ahead of themselves um, when it comes to their goals. Um, can you maybe, I mean, you don't have to give a specific example of a person, but like an example of what you mean, like, like somebody trying to move their business faster than it, than it is viable to, or, or, or what do you reference? Yeah, I think, I think I mean for that, it's, it's kind of like, like if you want something to be quicker, or easier, Sometimes it is, or cheaper. I'm not mm. sure if I said that. It, mm. You know, you would be using products, or you'd be participating in like unethical practices. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm not trying to say like shame on you if you do, but it's like right. if you take that extra step to to think about it or know about it and say, oh man. For now, I'm using this, but eventually I want to switch over to a different type of like method or, you know, saying, OK, I'm going to stop buying um, my supplies from Amazon. Let me go to my local craft store, you know, mm-hmm. like and you have to be mindful of that just because it takes a little more time or it takes a little more effort. It's not so simple anymore, you know, like click going to Amazon just will take a few minutes. But right. going to your local craft store, you have to actually plan that out if you don't have all the free time. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I mean by being mindful or and doing things like with intentions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's a great point is that like, you know, the, the reason that Amazon is successful is because A, they have touched every market, right? You can get like almost anything on there and B, their whole method is like as fast as possible as easy as possible blah 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 um and that is very much not always feasible for small businesses you know like um i'm an individual person i'm hand making clothing that takes time i'm the only person putting things physically into packages bringing them physically to the post office like all of those things would be so spread out over so many different people, um, you know, getting paid le- next to nothing to do it by right. a corporation. That's why they can do it so fast because, and then on top of that, they have so much stock and they have it sitting in warehouses in so many different places that when you 
are able to get something so quick to you, it's because they have it sitting in some warehouse that's nearby, you know? Right. And, and they've like monopolized that concept. Um, and actually, I was just, when I was chatting with my the other Etsy maker, she was talking about how there's a few things over the past few years that Etsy has actually done to try to compete with Amazon. I don't know if you know about any mm. of this. Um, that call into question some some ethics. So I'm wondering how you feel about these. So the one that he mentioned to me was that um, they were basically trying to get sellers to make their items able to ship in like a one business day or one to three business days. And if you do, they will put you higher up in the search results. Oh, yeah. They definitely try to like give incentives like that. Um, or they say, um, they suggest they, I've seen it. Like they, they have on, like when you put a listing on, on the mm-hmm. site, it, it mm-hmm. says, yeah, you should, um, make like the turnaround time one to three business days. And I'm like, that's pretty quick. <laughs> like yeah. for a handmade product. Um, and especially if you're made to order, like that right. is super quick, but they do want you to crank it out like that and it's pretty mm-hmm. sad and she also said that similarly they'll put you higher up in the search results if you offer free shipping yep yep that is true and they also and she, go ahead oh yeah i was just gonna say they suggest mm-hmm. that you do the um orders over 35 dollars free shipping right. yeah and she said that they um in order when they first announced that to try to make it like easier for folks they said they would go through and update people's listings and change the prices incrementally so that like automatically so you so you as the seller didn't have to do it so that um you wouldn't be losing the money and we had a conversation about like the ethics of that right because what you're doing is you're basically tricking your consumer and they're still paying for the shipping it just doesn't say shipping it's already included in the price yeah (laughs) literally so if you if you have thoughts like do you think that falls under you know quasi shady business practices um yeah i think so but again i think it's not really about like shaming it but just being aware you know i think it's important mm-hmm. for us to just know about this so that if we're really against it we know to you know try to figure out a new way or um mm-hmm. migrate away from that yeah, I think that's a really good point to to distinct to like separate it from from shaming to just awareness because yeah. you know some people don't have an option. They're you know they need to get the cheapest thing they can get right. because society has you know uh, not helped them out. So people need to shop how they can shop, and that's fine. That that's also I'm you know not interested in shaming people for their choices, but that's why I do so much um, education in my stories about. Yeah fashion industry in general is because i think if people know exactly how things are truly getting made why people make the decisions they do at different brand levels um what outcomes there are to those decisions and who it affects i think that being a more educated consumer on all of those fronts is always going to be better in the end because yeah. you can either make different decisions now where you can hope to and aim for making being able to make different decisions in the future um you know you can realize the importance of just like sharing or interacting with a small businesses 
um, brand, even if you're not, a, you know, able to shop there, etc. Definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on the art world in general? Do you feel like you're a part of that community? Hmm. I think this year or the last two years, I've been looking at the like art industry from the outside. Um, mm. I think that industry just needs a lot more diversity just mm-hmm. like especially when it comes to what I see like in museums um you know in exhibits it's very there's not enough just diversity you know like I can't there's no other word besides that you know it's the mm-hmm. same types of people it's the same types of work and mm-hmm. I think right now what's needed is a lot of like thought-provoking work and a lot of um art that can move us forward as Mm. a society um and I I'm so sure there's people out there obviously doing that work but Mm -hmm. I think that needs to be emphasized a little more um Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's I'm not sure if it's just what I'm seeing or Mm -hmm. if it's like actually true but I think a lot of um a lot of art right now is kind of more commercial if that Mm. or I think I'm not sure if that happens when people try to like monetize their art or if like if that's just like a a part of that um process of like becoming like a brand and becoming um something beyond just art you know I I'm not sure if Mm -hmm. that's just a part of it but I think there's something about making art commercial that kind of loses. I'm not sure if it loses anything, but at the moment, I wish there were a little more, there was more work being done that can kind of move us forward or kind of have us really like thinking and getting mm-hmm. things shaken up a little or more yeah. of that. I think I know what you mean because, um, I mean, even just being in an art school and getting an ed- art education degree and studying art history and then taking trips to various, me both museums and galleries, and then also be- being friends with people who are artists and trying to make a living, like, there's, I feel like there's a tough line there between, you know, you want to make a living, you want to be able to feed yourself and 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 pay for your 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 rent or your house or wherever you live wouldn't that be wonderful to do that by creating things right right but i think that there's a line there where all of a sudden it does become more of a commercial product and what does that mean does that mean you change your art for the people that will be buying it does that mean you change your art in order to get into galleries like I just I I watched my fine artist friends trying to struggle with the whole politics of like exactly you know how can you get your work shown and you know um and then I see people trying to exist outside that system um which is wonderful but then are you able to make a living that way exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and I think I think um, the people who do go kind of like the more commercial route, like that is something that a lot of us do because 
it it's needed like you know to be able right. to, to to keep yourself alive and pay for your bills you know and mm-hmm. it's like i wish there was space that would allow people just to create what they want without having to worry about you know like the bills and stuff and mm-hmm. it's like that's i know that's very much just like hopeful or like wishful thinking like oh man that would really that that would be cool if we could live in a world like that but that's not where we're at right now and i think that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're missing but yeah that was a really good way to sum up my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's thoughts that i have too even though i'm not an artist so or i mean i guess i'm i don't know am i an artist am i not who knows but <laughs> i'm not i'm not attempting to make a living through art that's not product right yeah they're, exactly. they're things that make our products so i think that's you know tangential you know i am also as a person an artist but that's not that's not what i'm monetizing in order to live but yeah <laughs> but i agree i do wish that there was a for you know any artist to make whatever they wanted while also not struggling and i um I think listeners of this podcast will see a little bit of a theme that I am often talking to people and we end up getting on a conversation about, you know, are you going to try to succeed within a system or are you going to build your own system outside of that system? Right. Um, And I think, you know, being a one person small business is existing outside of the system, you know, like Mm -hmm. you could also be involved in jewelry and not be hand making your own things and and selling them you could you could like you know go study jewelry making and then work for some corporation that makes jewelry um and make other people's designs you yeah. could do and it's almost similar to your your coding experience right like you're talking about working more in the corporate end of coding and feeling like oh, i don't know if this is really fulfilling the things i want to fulfill my life and now that you've got this new opportunity to use your coding to help influence young people um and it's a nonprofit world like i feel like that's a little bit of you found a way to do that outside of the system yeah. does it feel that way to you no definitely <laughs> i was so tired of of just you know like working in the system and i'm just like i need to figure out a way to still use these skills um but just bring them in a like to a different audience in a different way, not just mindlessly just creating or working on um environments, maintaining environments for like a huge corporation. You know, it's like mm-hmm. these skills can definitely be used in a better way, you know. And mm-hmm. I think I think for me it, it like it took a lot of like thinking and sitting with myself and just saying, All right, no. I this is definitely something that I can't do anymore and I need to transition and just kind of actually doing the work to find that space um because again it's just always easier to to not it's like it's always easier to just go with the wave instead of against it you know it's just Mm -hmm. easier to give in um but if you really want it you can find that little path um but it is just a lot more work (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting because it's like it is a lot more work but it almost it feels like a different kind of work you know it definitely feels like a different kind of work like the work the work there's more of it but it's lighter you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. as heavy on you 
Yeah, I agree. You know, um, very similar to when I was chatting with the other Etsy seller, we both worked in corporate fashion um, mm-hmm. and then started our own thing. She does baby products um, now. But we were just trying to explain the like weight of the toxicity of the corporate culture in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it truly is hard to put into words. So I don't know if you feel that strongly about, about no, no, no. The corporate I, culture. I definitely feel that strongly. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, it's not like either of us left corporate fashion to like, you know, lay on an island and relax we're all we're still we are doing a lot of work like yeah. a lot probably more than we were doing before but it it sits on you different Def- definitely <laughs> it's so different yeah. I, I feel like I have a lot more work that I'm doing but it, <laughs> it doesn't bother me to do <laughs> right know? yeah it's it's like oh I have like something to do but I want to do it because I'm enjoying, you know, like my everyday. I'm enjoying like what I'm doing. So this prep work is like it's just a task that needs to be done. I have no like no mm-hmm. harsh feelings towards it compared to, you know, like when I was working like as a data engineer, I was it was just kind of frustrating, especially during like the pandemic. It was just hard to just, you know, like you're not even leaving your house. You're just opening up your laptop and just getting just doing this mindless work you know um Mm -hmm. it was just kind of frustrating and then now everything's different there's more work but it's work that I enjoy the time goes by differently um Mm -hmm. yeah I I think it's just all about like you said that weight you know it's just it's you, you carry it differently absolutely so to close out before i ask you where folks can follow you um if there's somebody listening that is interested in either trying to do what you did and like learn more about jewelry making or learn more about coding do you have any um resources or tips on like where somebody could start yeah um i think for jewelry making, there's just a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube. Um, and also TikTok. TikTok's really quick. But mostly YouTube. I think YouTube was the best way for me. Um, I just I literally would just watch so many different types of people. Um, or I would look at what I have and just try to search up those specific things. Um, mm-hmm. And just experimenting. Um, that's also a great um, teacher. Just playing with stuff and like messing up and then starting over um and for coding i would say most coding boot camps are good um i mm-hmm. like the website code academy you can like mm. um take free courses over there if you're already in coding um i kind of i like hacker rank just to like keep my skills keep myself like on my toes but yeah i think i think both whether it's jewelry making or coding like anyone can do it anyone can try and you just have to have the attitude of wanting to experiment wanting to like go through a trial and error process um and just pushing forward and learning as you go absolutely so this was a wonderful little chat thank you for having it with me um where can people find you on the internet 
I am Art by Becoming on Instagram, Art by Becoming on TikTok, and I think that is it. Um, I Art by Becoming on Etsy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my main. That's where you can really find me. But, yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Fashion for All. Please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. For more Smart Glamour goodness, you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on Facebook at backslash smartglamour and Instagram at smart underscore glamour. Thanks. <laughs>